and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello. And he recently joined the tennis gallery and is having second thoughts. It's Josh Baker. Yes. My second thoughts are, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> it's incredible here. All yeah. you can eat any time of day. And they have robust health insurance, you know. Yes. You got to look for the bennies. That's where the that's uh, where the, the that's where it's, where at, it's you know? at. Today on the podcast, we're talking about uh, chapters 10, 11, 12, and 13. And it's the second half of a book that I forget the name book three. of. Out of book two? Book two. It's called oh. Electric Bar- Boogaloo. Bargas Time. That was what I first thought of. It's not the Hearthstone. Got it. Oh, right. Because they stole it from Blizzard. Yeah, <laughs> classic Erickson. Classic Erickson. Actually, th- I think this came first. So if anything, they're infringing on Steve's IP. Okay. Oh, that's true. We got to take Blizzard down, guys. Yeah, the little podcast that could. <laughs> Anywho's, uh, before we started the show, I did want to mention I have a quick corrections section. We received some email clarifying some points. Uh, that I just wanted to clear up on the show. We were talking about Quick Ben being a former uh, priest of Shadow, and you we were speaking about how uh, how Shadow existed, and it's worthwhile noting that it predates Shadow Thro- uh, K- Kellen Ved and Dancer's ascension into the house. Like uh, that whole mm-hmm. that 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 high house existed before, and the Warren. And there just wasn't anyone leading it. He just still like. Worship. He still was a priest of just this house that didn't have a leader. Uh, yeah, there was a cult of shadow, but there ah, were, yeah, that um, clears it up. Thank you. And then, additionally, uh, when I was there, I was I told you we were talking about the prologue again, and I meant I said that the sister of cold nights was not an elder god, and I was mistaken. She is an elder god. So, and that's from the 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 prologue. Yes. Yeah, and and that's uh, I believe India was right because she said that, and I corrected her. So, whoops. Classic PB. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, on to chapter 10. Chapter 10. In Capustan, Gruntle mourns Harlow's death with the bottle. After a week of this, Buke and Gruntle walk the city. It's too late to escape Capustan. The Panin draw near. Corbel, Broach, and Botchlin have taken up residence in a mansion. A corpse was found near the estate, and Gruntel and Buke agree to try and interrupt and investigate the necromancers. From the city walls, Itkovian sees thousands of soldiers approaching the city. Behind them, even more tennis gallery. Hetan approaches the Grey Swords and requests an audience with the city's mass council. On their way, Brokelion speaks for the Talani Mass. They will defend the North Gate from Kel Hunters. The Talani Mass have no will to fight the Panindaman. In the Council Hall, Hetan appeals to the 14 priests of the Mass Council. Kapustan is built on Bargas land, taken from the Bargas people long ago. Hetan requests this to be recognized, rights to pilgrimage, and the relics from the first family that lay underneath the chamber. After debate, Wrath Queen of Dreams grants Hetan claim, and they begin to excavate the relics. As they dig, Wrath Fenir consults with Carnatus. The Tiger of Summer Trake is dead, yet Wraith Trake is healthy and well. 
Stoney spars with a greysword and tells Gruntle to talk with Karuli. The priests pulled their souls into a warren of an elder god in order to save their lives. The two travel into the city and find Karuli. The priest has made a temple of sorts, building a dream for a dead family. Gruntle apologizes. Karuli gives him a bird to help heal Buke's stomach and warns Gruntle something is going to find him. In the cavern underneath the Mass Council's chamber, they've unearthed nine canoes wrapped bodies within. They seem to resemble both Trell, Bargast, and Toblakai. Hetan and Kaffel speak of the Teist Ur and how their ancestors used to battle these gray-skinned people. Itkovian knows them as the Tist Eater, the Children of Shadow. Hetan thinks they must leave the Founding Spirits for now and tells the Council the Bargast will not save them. Before they leave, Rath Trake speaks to the Greyswords and thinks the coming battle will need two Lords of Summer, both Fenir and Trake, and he will help them investigate the suspicious Rath Fenir. There are two storylines in this chapter, one about the Greyswords uh, at petitioning the Mass Council, but first we catch up with Gruntle as he's recovering and orienting himself within Kapustan. India, what did you think about catching up with Gruntle as he talks about Cobalt Brooch and then checks in with Cruelly? First of all, uh, Erickson did a fantastic job describing his hangover. Uh, I've never related mm-hmm. to anything in this book more, but... You know, Grundle's going through a lot of shit right now. He's feeling, I'd say, some guilt and remorse. And he's just sad, you know, his friend's dead. So to automatically just jump right into with Buke, uh, how are we going to take down these necromancers now is kind of a lot. Like, I just honestly, at this point, they're so powerful. I feel like I just, like, let them do what they're going to do. Yeah, what do you think they're getting up to in that house? I don't know. I don't want to know in the slightest. But like, <laughs> by the entrails left behind, I want to say it's not too, like, I don't know. I honestly was so annoyed when they saved them, too. Like, I was so angry. Um, but I have no idea what they're up to in that house, honestly. I, I hope that it's not, I hope it's good. Why would it be good? I don't know. But this book is already it's just Meredith. setting me up for so much freaking devastation. Uh, why, though, I guess, it has Buke always been, like, not about, like, what's going on here? Because, like, why now is he trying to stop everything? Well, I think he dedicated himself to kind of snooping it out pretty early on, I think, before they even went to... Oh, that uh, was him and not the other guy? Saltoen. I thought that yeah, was Yeah, that Grundle. was him. No, no. Uh, uh, Harlow is the one who dies. Um, yes. And then Buke is like, he his like family died. Yes, yes, and the he's fire, all sad the about, fire, yeah, yeah, the yeah. fire. He couldn't save anyone. Yes, got it. Yeah, he's got a bunch of burns on his yeah. arm. It's like these names are pissing me off. Honestly, it's really making it hard to follow their storylines. Um, I fully feel you on that. Yeah. yeah so, Josh. Wait, no, I'm not done. Please. So yeah. now when we go to Karuli and yeah, what, what do you think? What's it, what's going on with this vibe? He's got an intense new house. I gotta say, I've never. First of all. I was really disturbed that he chose the house of the murdered family because they have, like, good energy. Whatever. <laughs> that digging, was buck wild. I'm digging the feng shui in this place. Yeah, this, this is, and, and then, like, how casually, is it Stoney who walks in and she's like, yeah, the mama dragged her body right here. And then they're, like, oh, joking. Oh, I forgot, yeah. I'm like, dude, this is this is a lot. But when I'm reading this um, that part, I, I like even wrote in our group chat, I was like, is he good or bad, Karuli? Because I don't remember. Or is it like unknown? And, and our response was shoulder raise because it's ick, unclear. 
I mean, he saved he he, he saved their souls. That's worth something, he right? He did, and and he also saved the souls of the family in the house, didn't he? Or no? Yeah, he like drifted them into like a dream space, like, so they could have like cool a peaceful. Him, but also, let them just like do whatever they're gonna do, you know? Yeah, I still I still do not at all trust that. Fool. Me either. And what is the bird that he gave for Buke? Like, what is that little little tummy bird? Little tummy. It's little tums. God, I love a tummy bird. You know, for indigestion. Okay. Well, you know, I'm interested in... I I can tell you very clearly that I have no idea what's to come with this story line. Well, before we talk about the gray swords, Josh, let me ask you, how do you th- how are you feeling since uh, Gruntle is unambiguously definitely trapped in this city right now? Mm-hmm. How am I feeling about that? Yeah, w- like, I feel like I'd be, like, trying to, like like a waste of a week getting drunk when you could be not in this city. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's um I, like thinking about it gives me a tummy ache and I can only imagine like how like I can't imagine being in a city that is imminently under siege. Like I it would be t- it would take all of my discipline to not just like run out the back gate and hope for the best, which I know would get me killed, yeah, but absolutely like it's doing probably nothing. what I would want to do. I agree. That's where I'd be at. Mm-hmm. Because um, like I'm good. I don't need to be here. Yeah. So let me uh, let me ask you then about the other big storyline this chapter, which I think gets m- m- more of the show of it all. And uh, I personally was I I love that I love this sequence. Uh, the gray swords observe the kind of impending army that has surrounded the city, but then they go to the mass council and along with Hetton, and we see the Bargast unearthing all this stuff, talking about their history. We learn a lot about their quest here, and Hetton speaks a lot. What did you think of this uh, sequence? I thought it was incredibly cool. I loved everything about it. I feel like for like okay, all of book one. I was always just like, now what's a Bargast? And then yeah. all of book two, I was like, what's a Trell? Now, a Bargast and Trell, same? Different? I don't understand any, right? And so now, like, we're getting all these gigantic reveals about their nature, and I feel very vindicated that, like, it's okay I couldn't know what they were because everything's a fucking Bargast, and a Bargast is everything. <laughs> Bargast so, are Trell, Trell are Bargast, Bargast are Yeah, they're Tobacai. all the same. It's, it's crazy. So I was very happy about that. Interesting, I mean, I don't know, it's just... I'm a history nerd, so like getting to see characters learn these huge facts of history just in front of them is really cool to me. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple questions. That well, being said, I, I do want to jump in because I do want to clarify. I do think, I, from what I understand, I don't think they're all the same race. I think it's mm-hmm. like they're they're like sharing from, an ancestor. Yes, yeah, the, yeah, yes, yeah, okay. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hit me so, with these questions. My question is exclusively about the the mast council. Sure. Um. Can you give me like what the fuck are they? They're like uh, like uh, for here's my understanding. They're a powerful part of the governing body in Kapustan, and each uh, like each mass member represents uh, a god, and they okay. all have a f- share influence. And uh, you can like I'm, I'm sure okay. like the, I feel each... like I feel like I have that. Okay, are they as individuals? Like, are they Warren users? Are they, like, actually just connected to their god in a tangible way? Like, I don't know. Just That's what confuses me is, like, why do they have power? So, other than, like, tradition. Like, why are these specific people the ones who are on the mass council? Well, I think tradition probably plays a part in it. But my read on it more has to do with um, that there's probably an individual difference between them. And I think the Wrath Fenir thing is a good example because you have these mm-hmm. swords who are obviously very closely related to their god who maybe think that Rathfinir is like 
isn't a destrian isn't that tied to the 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 borgod right you know right so i i think plausibly each one of them could kind of have a different relationship um i don't think it's the same across the board and then with like wrath trake like trake isn't yet a god right he's like an ascendant yeah he's like an ascendant hero? the first hero yeah he was but he's dead and like trake still like looking beautiful that's all right i'm sure that will be important trake's later. got great skin yeah <laughs> all right okay good talk good talk any what did you think of all this um i like hetton she's a bad bitch that's really my i agree my thoughts throughout this hetton is the definitive bad bitch so they're digging out these bodies these corpses in boats Sure. And they're like, oh, these don't look like bar gas. They look like a combination of three things, three whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, and then they're like, oh, we all have a common ancestor. Yeah. So what? <laughs> can we Can you just, like, tell me why this is relevant? Like, well, what, what did you think? What Did you all just think you were different? Like, really? I, th- I, I think so. And I, I think that's, I don't know. Fools. I mean, I think uh, I think it's making a point, maybe how, and they they do this later when um, the Bargast kind of have a prejudice against the Maranth, even though they also share a similar ancestry, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, you know, this is kind of just an illusory thing. We were not. Yeah, well, just like yeah, no, it's just like no, I, think I don't that's know. What it's said. like cor corfall cor corfall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I just mean I think it's like an easy way to show people can just draw lines between each other, even mm-hmm. if they share similar ancestry, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this is disinteresting to me, I think. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not seeing All how right. it plays into the grander scheme of this book, so. Um, what did you guys think about the the first time we really talked about the Tist Eater, from what okay. I understand? I, I mean, they're just like spoopy. Are they bad? At dark. They're bad, right? The the spoopy people of the dark, I guess, right? That's all I got out of that. They're of the shadow, Josh. It's worth delineating. So, uh, aren't uh, I'm pretty sure they're of Mother Dark. So, fucking eat me. Uh, definitely not. They're of the shadow for sure. So. Aren't they of Mother Dark? They're her third children, um, I believe. Yeah, they, they're the children of Mother Dark. They are, but it they're so eat me. But but the Tist Andy are dark. It's anyway because they're light and dark. They're a shadow. They're like a cross between them. They're his shadow. That's right, Inge. What the fuck ever. I, I really love this sequence. I just think I love the council. I love the imagery in it in my head. I hate the council. And they I, piss me off. Oh, well, I like the oh, idea yeah, of it. They the all council. suck for sure. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they're a bunch of stupid assholes. I like that they wear masks and the masks move with their faces. It's very, that confuses me. Are they magic masks? <laughs> it's very campy, right? Is it like, is it like, uh, 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 what's the Arlstein goosebumps? Is it like goosebumps? Are the can they never take the masks off? They're all wearing goosebumps masks. I, yeah, Night like of the are they mask, stuck with mean? the masks forever? Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't know the book you're talking about. Are you kidding? So. It's the one where he gets the, the mask on his face. Mask. It's like the top. She can't take it off. That's like the top goosebumps book. Is that the whole story? She just can't take a mask yeah, off. This it, sounds like yeah, a solvable problem. Yeah, and it's problem. scary. What if you it's had a mask stuck on your mask. face? All I was gonna say is I like Peter. I don't think you understand how scary this mask is. Go ahead, keep going, Peter. Don't mind me. Yeah, I'll pull the video up. I was going to bring up a more serious point, and I feel like we're really <laughs> undercutting it with the Goosebumps thing. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, if you had just read the books when you were younger, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> um, all I was going to say is that I th- uh, clearly Erickson is being very purposeful in talking about how this city is kind of built na- native land. Stop showing me the mask. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think Erickson is being very purposeful about talking about how the city was built on kind of uh, stolen land by uh, away from these native people and how their remains mm-hmm. are and have been taken from it. And how uh, I think I like that he actualizes the theft by having like, oh, like this council room is literally built upon their remains. Do you know what mm, I mean? That's true. So yeah, I get you. It's a very it's one. It's another th- time when Steve, which Steve does a lot where we're like literalizing the the metaphor of what, or like the theme of what we're talking about. You know, you know I, mean? I got to mm-hmm. say, this sounds a lot like uh, a place I live now, America. Huh? Oh, Amer- oh America? Got him. Got him, America. <laughs> I gotta say that is not a hot take. I feel <laughs> that is just a. I think it's the take. I, oh, you could almost call it an objective historical take. statement. Yes, <laughs> some might say. So yeah, you could say so. And I did. That's uh, yeah. And I, she did. And I appreciate Steve writing about it. It's an important Hell thing yeah, to talk Steve. about. More power to you. Fuck yeah, Steve. Get it. All right. Uh, shall we move onward? I guess uh, the the only other thing worth mentioning is the there's a little suspicion going on with the Wrath Fenir and maybe uh, any thoughts about what's going on there or any thoughts about Wrath Drake. I don't trust any of them as far as I could throw them and I'm not strong so I couldn't throw them far like no they're all shitty. So they're like um, they were calling out someone who who was he calling out and like they haven't there hasn't been a real one in years obviously not you you're real. Yeah, so Rath Fenir, the priest of Fenir, local to Kapistan, is like, oh, I, I think he's claiming to be a Destrian of Fenir. Mm-hmm. And then Destriate Karnanas is like actually a Destrian. Right. And all these true Fenir diehards are like, okay, well, this dude's like a total bluffer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're like, they're trying to suss out what the dude's deal is. That's my read on it. Yeah, okay, me too. <laughs> Same read. Same read. It's almost mm-hmm. like we read a book that we, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> almost. It's almost like that. Did you want to talk about the Goosebumps mask more? I feel like this is like, you know, like kind of go out on the... Me- the moment's passed, No, we did, we did our yeah. thing. <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted a chance to circle back, but like, it's okay. Thank you for the opportunity, Peter. But we gracefully decline. It does... It, it felt... That felt a little pedantic, though, so... <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you use that word right, Josh. Oh well, that definitely felt pedantic. Oh, wow! There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it now. Chapter. I forget what pedantic means. I just said a word, and I knew as certainly as soon as I said, it, I was like, "That's the wrong word." Chapter eleven. The Seven Squad awaits Perrin and Quickbent near the Bargast Range. Picker can sit. Someone in the Discord said, "Were their favorite podcast?" What yeah, a- that's crazy. Right? I read that too. It's like get, I was like, "Have you heard of any good podcast?" <laughs> I was like, "Have you heard of other podcasts?" <laughs> anyway, chapter eleven. The Seven Squad awaits Perrin and Quickben near the Bargast Range. Picker considers her squad, and Blend suspects their outlawing may be a facade. Mallet returns and speaks of trouble with the healing Warren Denul. Quickben escapes Hood's Warren, however, his others are being saturated with a poison. The Bargas tribes celebrate together. 10,000 have answered to Humbral Tower. The Maranth Twist speaks with Perrin, and they see Trot's body tattooed with his people's history. Perrin has visions of the hold of beasts and notice Twist's ill-touched arm. As morning comes, the clan and the bridge burners will witness the duel between Trots and Humbral Tower's youngest son. 
The corporal tells Perrin they are preparing munitions in case Trotz loses. Perrin tries to stifle this, but his command is poorly received. The duel begins, and the two Bargas trade fierce blows. It continues, but comes to an end when a heavily wounded Trotz disembowels the unnamed son. A healer rushes to his side, and combat almost breaks out between the Bargast and the Bridgebirds. The Bargast spirits will determine the fate of the duel. Leagues away, Quickben approaches the seventh squad. He speaks with Picker and the others, and then is pulled by earthen hands into the warren of the first landing. Ancient Bargast spirits speak of being trapped within Kapustan. Quickben petitions Talamandus to channel Bargast sorcery through Mallet to help save Trots. Trots is being stabilized, but it is difficult. Mallet descends on Quarrel and opens up this Bargast warren. It is painful and almost lethal, but it will heal Trots. Perrin is shocked by the orders he gave, and the soldiers are surprised too. After things settle, Perrin speaks with Humbrol Tower. He wishes Trots to take his position amongst the Elder Bargast, and Humbrol Tower says another day. Humbrol laments the fracturing of the Bargast and says their people will not march with the Malazans after the Empire waged war against them in the north. Perrin leaves and meets up with Picker and the Seventh. Quickben, after awaking, thinks he can change Humbrol Chower's mind. Picker's torques burn on her arm again, and along with Blend, the two women watch the Bargas camp fall into revelry. Perrin speaks with Quickben about Mallet, the First Landing, and the Moranth. Then together, they go to find the victorious Trots. So, Josh, this is one of those times that uh, it's happened a few other times in the book where the whole chapter is kind of rooted in one place and kind of one event. And uh, although we switch back and forth between uh, Ninth Squad and, and sometimes Quickpen, it's mostly situated on just the bridge burners with the Bargast. So um, how did you find uh, what, what, what stood out to you about this chapter? Um, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me is that I would not do well in this world. Preach. Specifically because Quick Ben gets pulled into the ground by undead arms. That pissed me off. He's pretty chill about it. And he, yeah, he's very chill about it. And I think the first time that happens, I am at best running for my life and jumping into the ocean and trying to swim somewhere. And at worst, I'm mentally broken forever. Like, I, and, and there is no scenario in which I come out and I'm like, all right, there's just going to keep no continue it on. You show up in a swampy warren. You're like, oh, what's going on, ghosts? You talk to your stick friend and you're like, and you're <laughs> start problem solving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I the whole time I would just be screaming. So that was something. Um... The bar, the the whole Bargas thing has such a Dothraki feel to me. Interesting. In some ways, you know, well, because in the in the first book uh, of Game of of Song of Ice and Fire, which I haven't read, um, <laughs> I've just watched the show. But you know, they like have the giant like wedding ceremony, uh, and, and there's Dothraki everywhere, just like fucking killing each other. Um, and it's like a whole thing. And in this one, it's kind of just like, all right, all these Bargas are just gonna settle blood feuds right now. And, like, you know, there's 10,000, but there'll be, like, several hundred less in the morning when they've just slaughtered each other. It's just crazy. Like, what a what a wild party that it's is. It's like boxing. And, again, if I was a Bargast, I, I am going to be subservient to everyone I meet out of fear that they're going to challenge me to a blood duel. 
to the death. So, because mm. I don't think I'm gonna do in a fight like that. I'm good out here. What were you saying, Ange? Well, I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like this whole situation of them like, well, we're all getting ready for the one big fight, so we're all gonna do a a few pre fights just to <laughs> just a little warm well, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot. So weird. Um, why do they all think like okay? So they get there and whiskey or Karen, I think, is like, I'm not going to stop you guys from like, you know, doing what you're going to do here and doing what the people do here, because we'll probably all die tomorrow anyway. Now, they think Mm -hmm. that the bar gas people are going to kill them. Yeah, they're all like they're very suspicious. And that's which, you know, only makes the bar guys suspicious, too. Why did they go there again? Because they wanted to, like, you pick them up as allies before they went south. So they thought doing uh, that by using trots to uh, kill the the, the king's son would be (laughs) the best idea to raise to make him the king. And that would be that. Let's murder this boy, and then everyone that he's related to will follow us. Yo, Whiskey Jack, I got a great plan. plan. Let's roll yeah. up into the range, kill the kid, kill kill a kid, and then everyone's gonna be super stoked on us. Disembowel <laughs> a child publicly. Oh yeah, I mean, really, just get in there. Okay, all right. Um, and then it becomes kind of known that when he talks with the king person after they kill his son that he really doesn't have that much power right now like his pull is just kind of <laughs> they like complete the they 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 win but then it's like oh well there's like eight tribes we yeah. can't it's like i can't really plus everyone hates you <laughs> yeah that is fun okay just making mm-hmm. sure i understood that right yeah. um that was really i really actually liked that part of um the book the ending uh, something I, I i too really like this chapter and i think what stood out to me is like well to be frank uh, sometimes there's there's like fighting that I I know there's stakes to and there's like this is building somewhere and these are moments that really matter because mm-hmm. obviously I read the book, but then other times there's these these fights where like okay like I know I, I know we're just kind of in a melee and we're there's something's gonna happen but it's not like the biggest thing. So I was coming to this chapter and I didn't I forgot a lot of it and you know this fight was coming out I was like okay okay I like I kind of knew where we were going. But then I guess I forgot how much of it was almost like the duels over pretty quick. And then most of the chapter is almost dedicated to like, let's try and heal him. And it becomes like a crisis of can we heal our wounded warrior, which I think is such a more interesting way for the chapter to steer into than just like Mm -hmm. to really focus on a duel that like, I don't know. I was feeling, you know, tr- trots is trots, and like the the other contestant doesn't get a name, so I feel like I knew where we were Irrelevant. going, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know. I just I, I kind of appreciated the kind of strange shape the chapter has. But and then another thing I like this chapter is actually really good, and I gotta say, um, for the first time ever, like literally, literally ever, I enjoyed. The whole thing that I read, like the whole also wow. chapters. Big day! Wow! Yeah, Huge. like I actually sat down and read three chapters all at once. So that was like crazy for me. Damn. But um, anyway, all that to say, um, I want to talk about also Perrin and his like internal crisis that he was having when he told Mallet or whoever he told, okay, yeah, you're gonna have to kill yourself if that's what it takes to heal. Trots. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, you gotta do it, Mallet. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, and now it was like, well, you know, I'll die, but I'll do it if it's for you and the and the team. And he's like, okay, yeah, bye. And then he's just like, God damn, these people are crazy. Like Mallet's like clearly being like, okay, just so you know, I'll die. And he's like, yep, 
pa- pa- that's parents, what I'm saying. parents not picking up on the body language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't, I don't want to die. <laughs> Tell are me you I don't sh- have are to you do sure? this. Are you sure this is what you want? I'll give you a third chance. Are you very, very sure? <laughs> so just to reiterate, I will die. Um, okay. So now let's talk about quickly. He goes into the, the healing warren. Uh, who? Mallet. Yeah, Mallet channels the the Bargast Warren through. So t- why does Talamandas. it start ripping him apart? And then those spirits are whispering like, "No, no, no, we'll take care of you. You're okay." So because so okay, so let me. I think I got this. So we haven't even touched on this yet, but we are slowly learning that the Warrens are the arteries of Kroll. Yeah, or just like part of Kroll. Let's talk a little yeah. about it since it's like kind of, we learn a lot about in these four chapters, yes. how, how troubled the Warrens are. So, okay. So I, I think yeah. I've got it. Okay. So we have Kroll, one of the Elder Gods, and yeah. he creates Warrens at some point or Warrens begin existing at some point and they are part of him and it's a way for him to give power to like humanity. That This I, is I, all good. Okay, good. So... People don't actually know that until very, very recently. We, 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 well, maybe some people do, but most people do not know that. And now key players are learning that they are actually like channeling power through an elder daughter's body. Lady so then, Envy. Yes. Yeah. Lady yes, Envy speaks Lady with Kroll about Yes, that. you're right. You're right. You're right. So then um, the crippled god, his current plan is he is infecting these warrens and, and i guess he's probably infecting the warrens by infecting kroll although we actually i don't think understand exactly how it's happening just yet i think the warren of chaos isn't like i think chaos yes is, is. that's right chaos is kind of leaking in and what we know is that because he, he tells somebody i can't remember who but what we learn is that his goal is not to destroy warrens it is to basically overwhelm them i think so that he can make slight changes and then, like, when the Warrens are back to normal, they are altered in a way that the crippled god wants, I think, is kind of what was being hinted at. But I'm not really positive on that. But so because they're currently being affected by chaos, like, almost anyone that uses Warrens just can't use them right now, which is really bad, obviously. So that's what I got. Yeah, I would, mm. I would say that's mostly correct. Some of that middle stuff I'm not going to sign on to, but definitely, okay. like, like, big picture, that's, like, what's happening, you know? Cool. So then who were the little spirits in there that were, like, that put his ass back together? Oh, those, those were the Bargast spirits. Yeah, they were the Bargast spirits who were, like, helping out kind of on Quick Ben's behalf. Why are behalf. they in there? Because he was channeling the Bargast Warren, and, like, he, they had just talked to Quick Ben, so, like, because Quick Ben saved Talamandus, so then they were, like... Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me... They dragged Quick Ben underground. Sure. In a totally different location. Yeah. And well they dragged same, him they dragged him into the Warren. From standing up. Yeah. Outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they just pulled him in. Yeah. They're yes. like, what's up? Ding ding ding. It's a, it's it's your friend. It was like a phone call. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Understood. They dragged him into a warren. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. I do like how, like, sometimes, like, the book, like, we are, we're dealing with, I would say, like, front page Warrens, you know, the Warren of Healing, the Warren of Blank, the Warren of Shadow. Mm-hmm. And then other times, like, there are just these Warrens, like, Finier's Warren, not, like, the biggest League Warren. Or, like, I honestly did not know this first landing thing existed, was a Warren, totally forgot it, you know? But, like, I guess this is a Warren, too, you know? Just sometimes mm-hmm. there are these little itsy-bitsy niche Warrens that you gotta appreciate. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I three. Uh, anyway, the next chapter is a little short one. Uh, do one. Yes. Of, do one of you want to read the summary? Josh is always the best at reading. Oh. 
I was trying to nose goes it, but yeah, I can read. All right, I'm ready. No, no, you can nose. No, I've got it. it. I, Here I we go. I've it. got it. I've got it. You'll recharge with thirteen. I feel I'll terrible. get twelve. Okay. Oh, I'll do twelve. Oh yeah, yeah. Here we yes. go. Talk has been traveling with the tent of Scowry for three weeks. And Aster, the first child, has Talk ride amongst the lieutenants on a horse. They reach an outlook where the Panion seer speaks to them. Talk curses him in his head. Talk considers more of the path along the tennis gallery. And Aster speaks to his army. They may not reach the southern city Coral in time for its siege. They will ride to feast on what remains. But Talk is to speak with the Panion Seer. With Talk's vacant eye, he sees Lady Envy in Tool. Tool is wounded, and Lady Envy speaks of elder races. Taka wakes and is imprisoned in the Seer's Tower. The Panion Seer is a jagged, tall and gaunt. The Seer speaks of Tak's eye and the Beast Throne. He wields sorcery against Tak and has a Kshane Shamao crush his bones in the first act of torture. That was so bad. Yeah, I feel so bad for our boy Tak. That was so... It, and it, I got, I got, I got a feeling it ain't gonna be the last time he gets tortured the shit out of. I like literally don't even want to read it anymore for him. Like, like I want to cancel his book Same. out. <laughs> I might just, I might just like hope Peter covers it pretty well in the in the podcast. <laughs> I just feel like you know you read you reap what you sow. You know, t- you talk join the tennis gallery. I don't know what he was looking for out of this experience. Do you know what I mean, Peter? That's not true. Cool. That's true. he was not looking for this. He's so stupid. Talk is so stupid. Like, you can't even... I mean, but he's right. Like, you see what Lady Envy and all of them are doing. Like, he would have died. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Unless, you know, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, what do you choose? I mean, he definitely didn't think it was going to go to, like, what, at, that, at this point, I would have rather died. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to end well at all for our boy, so... I mean, I... I personally have never had all of my bones smashed, magically healed, and then smashed again by a giant mm. dinosaur. So, mm. you know. Slowly oh, healed so everyone pause, Everyone pause the fuck up right now. Okay. I did not understand until the Discord was in my life that the Kashin Shamal are gigantic dinosaurs. Like, what, what the fuck? There's, diff- there's different drawings of them, but yeah, they definitely are pretty beefy they're beefy boys yeah but like some of them have dinosaurs with sword arms Uh, in my mind they come in different sizes so i i think some of them are more velociraptor sized and then some Mm. are bigger like full full jurassic park sized i Hmm. thought that they walked like up up straight like i didn't see them as a curved body they're like straight straight lizards yeah they're they're total they you know they might have a little arch to them but they're not like completely half Oh, interesting. Like the T-Rex. <laughs> they didn't look like that to me. I definitely always imagined them as, I just kind of imagined them more like car-sized. Do you know what I mean? Just kind of like tiny, tiny little, like a Mini Cooper, a Mini Cooper-sized Raptor. Oh, that's mm-hmm. it? Oh, I definitely thought them as, as bigger than that because like I'd kind of laugh at that if I saw it oh, even. A little Mini Cooper? I don't think I would laugh at if it was an undead dinosaur with yeah, sword Yeah, I don't care so. what size an undead dinosaur is. I'm not laughing at it. A little pet. 
That's like a that's a classic Jurassic Park mistake, and yes, you're, it you're is. One, to be honest, you're one of the park visitors who die. So yeah, now that I think of it, I think Tuck is also getting a little hug. So <laughs> yeah, true, that's true. Um, mm. so what did you think? We also got a little look. Uh, we got a close up look at Anaster and some of more. We heard more oh, about what it was wait. like to be traveling with the tennis <laughs> gallery. Are um, we going to return? Sorry, are we going to return to the Panion Seer, or should I have a comment on that now? Common away. Is the, okay. Is the Panion Seer like somewhere related to the shit that happened in the prologue? You know, with there's like that tear, and they they say that they're going to be there internally tortured forever. And I was wondering if that's kind of what's happening to talk right now. I don't know. I was very con- curious yeah, about all that, that stuff. I agree with that, especially because and then this dude's a jack hut in like a child's body. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I'm wondering, like the little kids. Is it the current? Like, is this that? Is this the little kid that got murdered? You know, thrown into that fucking tear? I think it is. I think. I think it is. You know the um the so okay. This is a real a real a crazy thing that I'm going to throw out here. So do it. What's up? Hit it. So there are those two children. There's a girl and a boy. Did yes. they have names? They're unnamed mm. in the prologue. I just feel like there's there's. One of them is that one, and then the other one is out there somewhere doing things. Or still or still in the tear, you know? Maybe one escaped. I think one escaped. Yeah, that's. I think this guy escaped, and I think the, the other one is not. I think the other one's still there. Did he escape, though? Because he said, you're going to replace me. That's what, without, did, see, yes, the replace me, that's what got me there. That was like, I don't know. Peter, okay, can you I'm glad we're on the same page, that idiot. these twins are I'm, still Peter, relevant. I'm clicking on your square in Google Hangouts. Blink twice if we're right. Uh, I have no official comment, so... I literally need to know if I'm right, because I feel like that they are currently in the book now, and we know them as characters. I mean, we're definitely going to read, like, another 400 pages of this book, so... I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) Because then he's, like, when he's talking... I'll bring it up in the next chapter, because it's about the next chapter. Do you want to read the summary for that chapter? Are we done with this one already? I mean, you could talk about... You know, what, what else? What, what are you going to say? I mean, there is an aster, and that dude fucking yeah, sucks. Yeah, we didn't talk about that um, at all. Or the walk, oh, or the crazy, food, cr- Or that they're not going to go to Capel Stand. They're going to somewhere else first. Mm-hmm. They're going to Coral. It's another city in the south. Yeah, they're going yeah. to Coral. Crazy to me that... um, uh, What's it called? Fuck, that, that talk hasn't eaten a human yet. Like, go talk. He's yeah. crushing it. I he's crushing it. He's also just he's also describes his like the uh, mad malnourished body. So like, yes, yes. Do you think that they cook the bodies? Because I mean, if it's cooked, I, I'd probably eat it. You want to do it? You want to just do raw? I wouldn't do raw, no. But cooked, if I was hungry enough, wouldn't you? I'd eat a human. If it was like I, that or death, would you really rather die? I don't even know how close to death I'd have to be. You know. N- nice try. This has an, been an elaborate police sting. I'm on ah! you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he got us. This has been a long con. <laughs> We've been friends for stepped... years just to try to get you to say you'd eat a human. We knew almost it. stepped right into that one. You got me. Yeah, definitely. I would never eat a human. <laughs> eat a human. Ew. 
Never. I guess we didn't talk about it, but man, there's a lot of soldiers at Kapustan. And the Kachin Shamal and the Talana Mass. We didn't talk about the whole military situation oh, at all. They're, yeah, because they're, it's a moot point. They're going to die. So, I don't know. Like, I'm you look, it, they're not going to die because, like, it's fucking because a book, what? so they have to not die. But, like, you know, the, we got to wait for the Deus Ex Machina to show up and be like, we're going to save the day. Hmm. Which I guess is the multiple armies that we know are heading there. So I guess they just have to hold out for a couple pushes and then they're fine. Yeah, but well, they talk about that they think they're like six weeks away, so they would just have to live for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's easy. It's casual. Mm. I yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Six weeks sounds like a lot when you have like starving people ready to murder yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, it's not going to go well. Destroy you. Mm-hmm. It's oh my god. And then Anister. Anister. Whatever. Anaster? Anas? Oh, how do you guys say it? Anaster. I don't say anything. I just kind of skip over it. Mm. <laughs> um. Hey, do you guys have internal monologues? Do you guys know that some people don't have internal monologues? Are they yeah, like when that. they read books, they don't actually think the word in their head. They just, you know, internalize it. I I, I flip back forth between the two. Sometimes I I, vo- I vocalize every word in my head. Are you really? Yes. It, that sounds like a kind of like a like a psychopath tendency. What does that mean? I don't know. Like I just have a voice that no, reads no, the no, book to me. No, no, not you. No, the opposite okay. one. To not have a voice in your head. Okay. Yeah, right? Well, That's I, crazy. I, I, I don't really hear a voice, and I don't really picture anything either. I kind of just like... You're one of them. You don't, you don't, you can't like draw an image in your mind's eye. I mean, if like, I told I, you to draw a circle in you, your head, you could you? De- you oh. definitely have a mind. No, eye. I can, but when I'm reading the book, I don't imagine all the characters. Like, I, I, I don't every imagine kind of, them. What? what? Actually, it's kind of like a movie in my head. Yeah. You gotta imagine them all. I, I don't really. I mean, they're there, but it's kind of like blurry. It's not like people have faces. Well, I don't really use hmm. the, the way they describe them because I usually skip those parts. So I, they just look however I want them to look. Hmm. Every, everyone looks like Jennifer Aniston. I don't know. I, I don't know why I chose Janiston. Ah. No, I don't. I no, don't, do we I know don't subscribe Jan to it's the okay. Western way of beauty. I know. Yeah, it no. was such a Pete's, bad choice. Pete's such, Pete's such a Jan fan. He's always talking about her. I... Damn, Peter's embarrassed now. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I so regret the Janiston pick. I could have picked literally anyone you else. You could have. <laughs> <sighs> well, this has been a good one. I yeah, enjoyed that. Definitely. This is, this is a winner. Peter is chagrined. <laughs> All right. Chapter 13. The Rivi walk alongside one arm's host. Silver Fox is a grown woman, and the Mime sees visions of death. Whiskey Jack tries to comfort her, speaking of fears and projection. Whiskey Jack speaks with Dujak, Krupp, and Corlat about the bridge burners, the Bargast, and Capustan. He goes to find Silver Fox, but not before Dujak offends Krupp. Whiskey Jack speaks with soldiers guarding Silver Fox then with the woman herself. Silver Fox speaks to the similarities between the two, and the Trigal Trade Guild appears. Silver Fox notices the Warrens they are traveling by are bleeding. Whiskey Jack speaks with the Trigal merchant, sees crushed demons, and they help them unload the wagons. In his tent, Kalor considers his past, then Gethol appears, the herald of the House of Chains. He offers Kalor to ascend to the king of the house. Gethel speaks of the poison of the Warren, his brother Gothos, and says the crippled god will make Silverfox vulnerable if the High King reveals where Moonspawn has moved to. 
Outside, Whiskey Jack and Corlat speak of the poison warrens and the many forces in the host. They speak of their people's past battles in the Black Dog Forest, and honor between them. Corlat wants them to be lovers. They speak of what this means for a tist Andy, and then they go to her tent. In her dream, the Mive is carried by an undead dragon gently off a cliff. She finds her young body again, only to awake to reality, seething in hatred. My mind first went to Brad Pitt, and then I was like, no, that's too boring. <laughs> we're still we're still on the Janice. I, I was like, that's too boring. You should choose someone else. So I guess I... Uh. So good. So good. <sighs> so, we're, we're, so we're with One Arms host again, and uh, India, we catch up with Whiskey Jack, and he has a whole conversation with Silver Fox. Um, he ends his section going to bed with Corlat. Um, how did you feel about catching that up? That was incredible. With- that's the only thing I care about. Oh yeah, but, what the the, um, the them going to bed? Yeah, why yeah, going to bed? <laughs> yeah, she's a, a everyone knows India's a huge shipper, big into shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more than that, Peter. She wants to wake up in his arms. Okay, uh, it's pretty nice. It is. It's nice. not just casual. It, she's not that kind of. Oh not yeah, kind of Talani mass. She's a tisty Andy. <laughs> tisty Andy, tisty Andy person. <laughs> creature woman did you think anything of uh whiskey jack's conversation with silver fox she speaks of feeling kind of an obligation to the talani mass that are coming no okay all right here's first thing first we skipped over the whole we skipped over everything the whole beginning i was just trying to bite into like the the whiskey jack part of it and then getting to get into i mean i guess like what about it oh my god (laughs) woe is me i'm i'm so plagued with the fact that i make so many friends it's so painful <laughs> i just have so I many have friends. too many connections too many yeah, people report up. to me he is kind of a whiner it, yeah i have no i have no time or tolerance for that just like tell me what the gathering's about or don't tell me anything at all i don't want to hear about your feelings reach mm. and that's how i felt about that to be honest um i i think it was i i yeah like i that whole part to me was just like so the problem is you're too nice to people. Like you have too many people to deal with. Shut up. That's our see, thought. See, <laughs> I really identify with that because I just have so many friends and they're kind of no, just I falling totally off trees. Oh, <laughs> can, can you name can tens you name of four? thousands? <laughs> tens of thousands. Yeah. Um, Josh, uh, in this, uh, we get a, we get a, ch- I, I, I have friends. I like my friends. I love my friends. Yeah, I bet. I bet I, you got friends. I, lo- I love my friends. Anyway. Jen um, Yeah, you got Janiston. You got Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I got like 12 posters of Janiston and one big one of Brad. <laughs> so the image friends. of a Brad fat head in your room is just fucking burned to my mind now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Anyway, Josh. <laughs> so Josh, about the High King Calor, he gets approached with a new job opportunity by the big new startup in town, the Crippled yeah, God. Yeah, here's my question. Why the fuck did anyone mm-hmm. not think that Calor's the shittiest and like having him near all the important intel could be at all a bad idea? 
uh, I think Caladan Brood is approached by it early in the book, and he's like, well, he's got good tactics, but like, the definitely sucks. You know what else sucks. has good tactics? Someone that isn't going to actively undermine our every move. Listen, I think you have a very valid point, and we should bring it up at the next all hands, because I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write a letter to Erickson, let him know that this in doesn't make hands. sense. Our next all hands with Erickson when we, you know, discuss <laughs> yeah. everything that we thought was wrong with the book that he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Hey, hey, number one, how dare you? <laughs> First off, how dare you? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I appreciate seeing Gethel and um, he's just, uh, you know, I don't know. I just like seeing Jaguts. They're a soothing, silly presence. I do think I Jaguts are, I, I think they're growing on me in terms of they're just funny. Yeah, they all, they're um, all, they all kind of... It's almost similar type of humor. Mm-hmm. Quite dry. Very quite, dry. Quite dry. Yes. That was my... <laughs> if I do say so myself. That was my wine drinking impression. <laughs> um, oh, God. All right. Well, uh, um, Inge, do you have anything to say about Calor? Or do you want to speak about the Mibe? I want, I want to talk about her always. She, I feel like these parts are... Her, her parts in this chapter rule, as my opinion. They are incredible. Why do you feel that way? Um... I don't know. I just think it's like, it's just like a, it's so dreamy. It's like about like a grief in motherhood, which is very interesting. And it's obviously like a robust subject to write about. And I I find it to be such a welcome change of pace from like every other storyline. Do you mean? I feel bad that she hates her daughter. Yeah, that is a bummer. And like doesn't talk to her anymore. That's really sad. But like, I don't know if I could talk to someone that was sucking my life force out either. Like on surreal. I I don't know if I could. Yeah, but like you should, but like you should talk to your mother, you know, so. Yeah, but she's not sucking my life force out. You think that Silver Fox should try? I mean, I feel like she probably has tried talking to her and she's just. I actually don't think she has. You parasite. I I agree. I don't know if Silver Fox is is making the effort to give her mom a call, you know. Yeah. I mean, more, less than a call and just maybe like a a hundred foot walk, maybe. A hundred foot walk and maybe like 30 years of life back. (laughs) At, At least. She seems Minimum. pretty crispy at this point, little. Is and also is Silver Fox full on like an adult now? She's hot. Like, is that now. where she we're a at? Sultry walk. She is. She is hot she now, right? Or, but is it cool to call her hot? It's unclear. I I'm I'm, I'm calling her hot. Done. Until I'm not, until call, Perrin, I'm not, I'm not going there. That's not. For I, I'll let Perrin's gonna decide for me. Like when Perrin is just like, yo, she she got a bod. Then I'll be like, all right, it's cool. Until She's then, I don't just not gonna. I don't talk know about if that's it. the barometer. Let the record show. But I yeah, think because it's fine. at one point they were like, "Where's your sister?" And then someone's like, "Oh, at twelve she went to get married." And I was like, "Uh." Hmm. Yeah. Did you guys not hear that? Honestly, it happened. I read it. I swear it happened. Why well, believe you? Yeah. Which um, thing? Silver Fox is a really. <laughs> what? That's Silver is Fox. Is that like an? Is that an official? There, image? There, there's no official, but that's like I'm sure so, okay. uh, someone drew that. Why? What? What caught your eye about that illustration, in India? The coloring. I didn't yeah, know she did, was brown. Yeah, I didn't either. Oh, well, yeah. I figured. I think I had a Native American vibe in my head. Is what I kind and of Krupa got out of too? it. Are Darujis people tan? What? Well, it's in the name, India. Darujis uh, tan. Tan. Yes, uh, I imagined that. Yeah. Krupa always uh, had a friar tuck image for me. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe not Krupp, but definitely all the Rivi. The Rivi are definitely not white. It's all, yeah. it's all, mm. You were searching for a word there. You're looking for a not white. Yeah, not white was the word I was looking for. Okay, that's fine. All right, um, Parent Two apparently. Wow, I didn't know this. This is like news I didn't to me. either. Wait, Taryn Two? Parent Two? I mean, 
That's what I. Well, that's what they. That's how they're. They put him in the the wiki. Huh. All right. Who am I? Anyway, moving on to other things. Um. Yeah. So the Mibe. I feel bad. Uh. Her dreams. Are they real dreams? They're real. I feel like they're gonna be real, right? It's gotta Except be real. She's eventually. young in her dreams. But like she's she gonna pissed. eventually become young. I feel or die. I think terribly. so too. I think so too. I think I she's think. gonna become like young again. I don't know who's gonna do it, but Peter doesn't know. Peter has nothing Peter to say. Peter can't say anything. I, I have no official statement at this time. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Maybe at the next all hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there's not much to say about that. I feel. Um, I kind of got annoyed at Whiskey Jack, though. I feel like he like low key belittles her feelings, and it pisses me off. Silver Fox. No. Oh my. Mibe. Oh, I yeah. f- I fully agree with that. Like with Silver Fox, he's like, I totally understand. <laughs> like it's so mm-hmm. hard to be popular. And then with the Mibe, he's like, they're <laughs> dreams and it's projections of your negative feelings. And it and it's like, sure, like I get that you're right, Whiskey Jack, maybe, but like let's try and be a let's like practice being a better listener, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Whiskey Jack's only like super tender and kind to the hot young things. And you know what? I'm not subscribing to that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, um, Everything's in motion, you know. They're, they're heading south. Talks in trouble, and Capustan surrounded. You know, we're building. We're building up. You know. Yeah, and also the um, the people that came from the Bloody Warrens. Oh, the Trigal Trade Guild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the oh, fuck yeah. was that about? This and was you know, crazy. The amount of horse death that I experienced <laughs> while reading these books is like truly soul crushing mm-hmm. in excruciating detail every time they came out in a burst of fire then they were engulfed by flames they were screaming then they were husks it's just like can we not can they just somehow be magically untouched every time um well i got bad news because i feel like like we're only mo- only more conflict is coming in in this book do you know what i mean so nothing yeah. is worse though when the than when the the freaking lizard people oh, they, they pulled apart the could change them all oh my god no no when they slice the hooves off the horse uh, anyway. oh yeah. brutal yeah Horf, horrifying but yeah so anyway back to that situation the warrens are bleeding the warrens are bleeding mm-hmm. and we touched on this earlier with all the crawl stuff yeah yeah but it's still like what happens now can they not go back in are they now stuck with them did they bring the supplies uh i think they did bring the supplies or am i mistaken they well they had four four like things for yeah i know that i know things. they were late but i believe they showed up and and, and delivered mm-hmm. now are they stuck with them or can they go back through their bloody warren with fire from uh, my, they said yeah, go ahead from my understanding the demons were trying to catch a ride so to speak because the warrens are so poisoned so they were yeah, kind of yeah. smashed and on their the way hand out was stuck yeah, yeah the hand was stuck on the wheel until it dries off <laughs> mm-hmm. um all right. Anything else to say or should we kind of wrap up the show for this week? I think that's about all we got. I, I yeah, I really I really think we've we've hit everything. Yes. Not a stone left unturned. Well, before we wrap up, let me uh, let's do a quick little check in because we're halfway through the book. How are you all feeling? Confident. Oh, easily the best book so far of the of the Agreed. series. Hard no agree. doubts. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're having a good time. I look forward mm-hmm. to finishing it same as always we'd love to hear from you uh we mentioned we have a facebook group and a discord now so check those out we're uh at 10 very big books on twitter and gmail let us know what you think of the show and send us a correction if you have one and then uh before we head into kapistan um india what do you think is going to happen in the second half of this book 
I think that talk is going to continue to get tortured. No, um, yep. that's not a prediction. I'm just <laughs> yeah, kidding. That's a weird, that's a <laughs> weird yep. prediction. I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, okay. I think... Wait! Oh, my God. I want to I want to know where Lady Envy is going and what she's doing. Tools along with them. Yeah, I think that they are going to end up in Kapustan and they're going to save the day. And Josh, a prediction from you for the second half of the book? I feel like they're going to attack Kapustan very quickly and it's going to be... I don't even know how they're going to survive. I mean, I guess it's going to be by the skin of their teeth constantly for the next several chapters. So, well, I guess we'll find out. Mm hmm. All right. Bye. I, I was th- I, I should have just yeah. taken your bye. I should have said, oh, uh, thanks for the predictions. And we uh, will we'll talk to you soon. God, <laughs> Peter, that's not an ending. Who will you talk to soon? Me and Josh? I don't know. Or the I don't audience? know. Let's just hope AJ fades us all out. No, no. Into our Sometimes oblivion. he does that. I th- Here, I got it. I got it. It's going to be good. Um, well, thanks for those predictions, Josh and Nia. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Yep, fade <laughs> us out, AJ. All right, I'm hitting stop with the recording. Bye. <laughs> so... Hello everyone, producer AJ here, trying to make this one short so I can upload it quickly. So sorry for the minor delay with this one, thank you for being so understanding on Twitter and on Discord. Speaking of, you can join our Discord at bit.ly slash VBB Discord, that's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord. The link will be also in our show notes. Uh, keeping it short, as always, thank you so much to Dan Gesrick for making our spectacular logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gesrick for the hottest COVID-19 slash baseball season length takes. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode is by the one and only Amaranthin from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on April 17th with chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 of Memories of Ice. Talk to you then. And thank you so much for listening. How do people get tempeh that crispy? That's that's the question. We doesn't... are making a podcast. <laughs> Listen, Peter, you said that you wanted more content, and that's what we're giving you here. I don't think when people are like, you should have longer shows, they may. <laughs> <laughs> we should include Peter trying to wrangle them into <laughs> Josh, I'm on the website now too. Budget bite rules. You can't both be on the same website. <laughs> this is where I get all my recipe ideas. Beth rules. She's the one that So runs there the are blog. two storylines in chapter ten. <laughs>